that's good <laughs> good podcasting content okay um how are you doing good good today was my sixth day in a row of work jesus and, christ and last so i'm off tomorrow finally yay yeah, yeah yay, i haven't yay. had a day off since last wednesday yeah so i have not oh edited the most recent episode but i'm gonna that's start okay. it tomorrow yeah yeah Take your time. I still haven't finished um, the second one. I had this amazing plan of being like a working boss bitch and doing it on the plane and being like, burp, 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 burp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. Instead, you can just sleep instead. Yeah, exactly. You can just sleep. <laughs> so I did that and I listened to some horror podcasts and also oh. a new rom romantic comedy audiobook that I think you really like. Oh, what is um, it? Yeah, the dead romantics. It's about mm. this girl who um, she grew up working in a funeral home, and she is now the ghostwriter for like a fictional whoever the Stephen King of the romance novel world is. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And so she's the ghostwriter of it, and she gets a new editor, and then you find out that <laughs> she also talks to ghosts. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming when she says ghostwriter, it hasn't been revealed yet, but I'm guessing this is my guess that that author is dead. And yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, that's rad. Yeah, it, that's cool. I started reading really the X cool. list last night. Yeah, or the X. Oh, you did. Oh, I love the X hex. Uh-huh. How do you feel? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. like I read, I read like. You know, 40 pages of it or so last night. I was going to say, and what are your thoughts? Listen, I honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I read one of those dumb, like, rom-com books. And I was like, this is bad. And, like, they're all good. Like, you know, I like when people kiss, so. I like when people kiss, too. I like when people. take a lot. When it gets, like, ooh. When they fuck, Emma, is that what you're saying? (laughs) When they get all spicy. Yeah, yeah. I also like when people fuck. But it's just like also quite satisfying when it's like a rom-com book because you always get a happy ending. At least I have yet to read one that's not a happy ending. Yeah, I don't want to read one that's not. Like, that's no. not what I'm here for. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to read. Like, I could read Wuthering Heights any fucking time. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. That's going to make me sad. The world's already a terrible and place. I've, exactly. There's enough bullshit that I have to deal with, let alone, yeah. let alone the world. Let alone yeah. the horrible, like, you know, genocides and like political like awful stuff that's happening like in my own personal life is hard enough like yeah. i don't need to deal with i can't i don't i don't i'm not in the mood to read a sad book anytime exactly. soon so no all i want is someone who discovers they're a fairy and then another fairy and they <laughs> kiss and they fall in love and then they have all the babies and the biggest drama is that in their womb it's going to it's complicated <laughs> Did you just make that up? Because that's good. Like, that, oh my god! You thank you. That. No, that was bits bits from Akatar. <laughs> oh right, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, the womb. Yeah, I forgot about the yeah. baby. Spoiler alert. Um, I I was at this beautiful. Well, we're wedding. gonna cut all this out. So yeah. Uh, no, this is. Yeah, how was the wedding? Oh, it was so beautiful, Kitty. Oh my god. Okay, I normally don't cry at weddings. I usually am pretty good at holding it together because. <laughs> I'm oh, an actor, really? oh, <laughs> and uh, nice. I, if I'm on stage, well, cause if I'm in the wedding party, because um, I'm on oh, stage, oh. and you know, I gotta hold it together for the photos. You gotta make up and like, yeah, right? You looked so pretty, by the way. Well, thank you. I was no. super impressed with the hair and makeup people. I was, I, I, they had, I was, yeah. I was gonna ask if it was professional yeah. makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I got an email for the wedding. I'm in in December and it's like, hey, so the hair and makeup people is $160. If you want to pay, I'm like, nope, won't be yeah. doing that. <laughs> but it's worth it. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> But you're going to have these pictures forever. I mean, it's not your wedding. But um, the wedding was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, for my wedding, I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not for not for Chandler. Sorry, Chandler. If you're, We should start it with this. Chandler, I'm not paying that much money for makeup for your wedding. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not that bad at makeup. I, can, I, I think I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be. It's fine. I was really impressed. I went to a Halloween party on uh, Friday and oh. I was a slutty pumpkin. And I did uh, jack-o'-lantern eyeliner, and I thought oh. I'm gonna fuck this up, and it's gonna take me forever. And I totally, I nailed it. Like I am, I, I don't have any confidence in my abilities. Did know? anyone like, comment on it? I actually tried to do oh something. Like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh good, good. I thought you were gonna say and nobody said a thing. Oh no, 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 no. It was, it was extra. People definitely noticed. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, that's totally fine. Um, but no, the wedding was really, really gorgeous, and yeah, the the maid of honor gave the final speech at the dinner and it was just oh i wept like you could i could feel it like you know when you start to feel like tingles up here and you just like start to get really emotional because like um sarah and joe who were the couple the happy couple getting married they just are so in love just so in love like it's just like the perfect love story and it just you're just every time they look at each other and it's just especially if charlie says something charlie's dead dark heart <laughs> says something about how when they look at each other they're just so in awe of each other and just so in love mm. that's when you know it's 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 true true love did charlie true cry love. he didn't because again he has a cold dark heart <laughs> uh yeah. no but 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 he all he he felt he he got emotional he he yeah. like yeah good would constantly like throughout the night would be like oh my god oh my god that speech was just so so good uh yeah i mean the combination of being both british and a man is a is a is a lofty uh hurdle for uh for crying at a wedding i did my favorite new post-wedding tradition now that we're in our 30s which is we went back to the hotel room and watched (laughs) uh thor 2 and ate chips one of the one of the worst of the marvel movies exactly um and we watch it until i passed out the correct way to watch a movie like and we also we went to a bar on the way home because it was in like a suburb of denver called parker and we walked in and because charlie was in a tux and i was in this gorgeous floor like gown (laughs) it was like a record screech when we walked in (laughs) because it was just like a country western bar and charlie goes everybody turned around to look at you yeah Charlie was like, Emma, we cannot be here when we look like Batman's parents. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, That's very good. good. Job, Charlie. Yeah, don't walk into any alleys. You'll lose your string of pearls. Exactly. You know? Our fictional child will have to avenge us because of money. Our, or his special powers will be money. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, welcome and hello to today's episode of Go Get Your Girl. Um, you ready for this? This is a new one. Yeah. This is the podcast yeah. where... Oh, oh, the yeah. intro. Sorry. This is the podcast where two friends sit down and discuss, analyze, and gush about everyone's favorite guilty pleasure of a genre, the romantic comedy. My name is Emma. And my name's Katie. And we're your hosts, 
and emotional support friends for today's episode. Yeah, I thought it was like a nice little sweet one. I was going to do something about crabs, but then I thought that wasn't (laughs) very... it was a little, too a little specific, yeah. Too I mean, that was those. sweet. We could just yeah. do that one for all of them if you want. No, I like the challenge. Okay, all right. Once we hit episode <laughs> like one hundred or something, you're gonna really run out of steam. We're gonna I think. be, yeah, yeah. So today we're discussing everyone's favorite '90s rom com that no. everyone surely has seen. Literally, no one's favorite '90s rom com. <laughs> I have so many pages of notes. Simply irresistible. Really? Because I have, I have, I have like two this time. That's so funny. Normally, I take a million notes, and I've only got like right. Two pages and normally, yet. I don't. Well, Charlie and I both watched this on the plane. We oh, synced up our phones so that we watched it together. I mean, like, what a plane movie this is! It made the flight go back. By the time this movie was over, we were arriving in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, so 1999, uh, widely considered to be one of the best mo- years of for movies ever. Um, I would have to agree. <laughs> also had this movie in it. In addition to masterpieces <laughs> like The Matrix and uh, The Mummy, um, Simply Irresistible was also released and and why and largely forgotten. I believe this was a flop. Yeah, right? it was. It was also peak Sarah Michelle Gellar, which is why she was in it. Yeah, because it was right on yeah. like the third season of Buffy. Yeah, Warner Brothers was producing this film. Yeah. It's why they pushed to have Sarah Michelle Gellar as the lead because a fun fact is the director didn't want Sarah Michelle Gellar. He wanted um oh, she's got like a she talks a little bit like this. Katherine uh, <laughs> Hepburn. No. <laughs> that would have been a very bold right, choice. Right, that would have been a very bold choice. Catherine Hepburn. I believe she was alive in 99, so I mean, she could have done it. Originally, they wanted, the character was written to be in her 40s. I mean, yeah, because I mean, Sean Patrick Flannery's probably 40. He's a lot old, because Tara Michelle Gellar was 20, 2-0 when they shot this. She's a baby. Little baby. She is a baby, yeah. Sarah Jessica, oh, Holly Hunter was originally pitched to star. Oh my God. Jesus. This movie would have been 10 times better if Holly Hunter was in it. I think Holly Hunter should be in every movie. Um, I don't understand why they're not deploying Holly Hunter more. One of our finest actors, honestly, like I love the movie Broadcast News so much. It's probably in my top 10 favorite movies. Have you seen it? No, I've never seen it. Is it a rom-com? Okay. It's not, we could do it on this show. It's not technically a rom-com, but it's got enough. Uh, It's got romance and it is a comedy. We could we could definitely pull it off. It's um mm-hmm. yeah, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, Albert Brooks, um, mm. Joan Cusack. It rule, rule. Masterpiece. Yeah. Uh the writer yeah. and director of Terms of Endearment. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a sad movie. It's not. No, it's not sad. I oh. mean Terms of Endearment is oh. sad, but no, broadcast news yeah. is not sad. I mean it's kind of wistful, you know? Oh, like I you'll love watch this and film. you'll you'll if you, you'll watch this movie and you'll be like, Oh, that makes sense that Katie loves that movie. Like You've okay. seen you've seen some of my plays, and you'll be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, she just ripped this off." This yeah. makes sense. This I get it. I get it now. Well, then we'll have to do it on this podcast for sure, because then I'll have a better insight into what goes on in your head. Oh, nobody wants that, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I want it's that. Mess. It's a mess. In Friendship. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess in all of our heads. Um, but yeah, so it was originally supposed to be Holly Hunter. It was written. The character was written to be in her forties, and the whole point of Amanda's character was that she was in her 40s and she just like she couldn't ever fall in love because she never fa- had 
a passion to do anything. And then, you know, she suddenly finds this passion for cooking. She gets good at cooking and she falls in love. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. This, uh, this movie is, is strange. Why don't you tell us about the plot? Oh yes. I, I shall tell you about the plot and I won't take a long time to do it. Boy, oh boy. So this movie, we open up in New York City in 1999, peak New York City. Uh, <laughs> this is already way too long. <laughs> like, you've just Sarah Michelle like, Geller is walking down the lights street. Lights up. And- <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller's walking to some sort of farmer's market where she, everyone knows her because she runs a restaurant that her mom ran for 70 years or something a lot like that. Well, I think they imply that it was probably in her family that long. Yeah, Not for that 70 her mom years. Ran it for seven, yeah. yeah. And so she's at this farmer's market and then this weird guy goes, oh man, you should get these crabs. Okay, okay, okay. So not just a weird guy, but Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Christopher Durang. No, it's not. That's Christopher Durang. Yes, it is. Stop. Yes. Stop. He's got like, he's got like three. Fil- I saw it. He's in the opening credits. He's got like two scenes in this and he's still got a, a, a solo card open in the opening <laughs> credits of the cast. I mean, he's in that is- scene and then he like drops her off at the like final and then he's at the end too he's conducting the band at the end yeah it's so weird he's got like three movie credits he drops them off at the restaurant he's the taxi driver yeah him and he drops amanda pete and main guy Uh, so just so you don't know uh christopher durang was like for for the the audience members who don't know who chris so we're both theater people so we know who christopher durang is was i think he's still alive yeah Um, I believe he's the head of the Yale playwriting program, oh, actually. Oh, well, now. good for Christopher Durant. Or at least he was. He and Marsha Norman used to run it together. But yeah, he was like the go-to like comedy playwright in New York in the 1980s. Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all for you. It was probably his most famous play. And like, if you have auditioned for a play, in, especially in high school or college, you have done a Christopher Durang monologue. Um, yes, there's a lot of, a lot of short plays, a lot of, um, and then like, um, had a huge hit on Broadway in the 2000s with um, mm-hmm. uh, the Seagull, what's it called? Vanya and Sonia and um, Masha and Spike. Something Vanya, Masha and Spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, he's in this movie. Uh, I couldn't tell you why. But he's like the fairy godfather. <laughs> he didn't this write movie. this movie. <laughs> but he's there. No, he did not. Someone way worse wrote this movie. This is, this is a family. Joint. It was the wife of the yeah. director. The director yeah. and the and the and his wife. They um. So the director's name is uh Mark Tarlov and his wife uh Judy Roberts. This is her only movie credit, and this is his only directing credit. He's he produced a ton of movies, and their daughter. Mm-hmm is uh jessica tarlov who is a democratic strategist and she's on a fox news show where she's like the one liberal uh which sounds terrible um but yeah so that's who made this movie and then they never made a movie again and that's probably a good thing (laughs) no because it was literal hell there's there's an interview with the director where he is like talking about all the philosophy behind simply irresistible and what his mind set was and why 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 does he explain why crab (laughs) why crab crab? is at the top of my list like if i were interviewing the director of this the first thing i would say is why crab (laughs) it's literally my first note obviously why crabs why crabs (laughs) 
Um, okay, so we interrupted the synopsis. Yeah. Well, I have a quick question for you. If you were on uh, at a farmer's market and some random man who did not have a stall just said, hey, these crabs came. Dressed like Dr. Doolittle. Exactly. These crabs are for you. $52, please. Would you buy those crabs? I don't think so. I mean, um, unless you want I, I mean, what would I, I would I would release them into the ocean if I did. I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Do you think anyone should buy those crabs? No, I don't think anyone should buy the crabs from Christopher Durang on the on the street. No. And she even says later on, she goes, that man's a crazy man. Yeah, yeah. Like the inserts to the crab later, though, <laughs> are like chef's kiss. Like I'm, so fucking. The crab is my favorite. Just. All of these inserts to this puppet of a crab, like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, sorry, continue. Yeah, let's, okay, let's go to the plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just quick, quick and dirty. So, so this man's like, "Hey, Sarah Michelle Geller, whose character's name is Amanda, would you like these crabs?" And she goes, "I don't, I guess." So she buys these crabs. She takes them back, and also you find out at the farmers market through one of the stall people that their her restaurant is closing, and that's news to her. Yes. So she goes back yes. and she goes, "But why?" To her friend family friend who's also been helping to run the restaurant um, her aunt who is betty buckley oh that's her aunt okay so and she's also broadway legend betty buckley yes broadway legend Be- betty buckley did they were they just like best friends with broadway people probably they might i mean i guess they were in new york i mean he was a new york film producer so he must have just been friends with these people that's my guess yeah. him or or his wife yeah i I, mean, I don't know i'm Be in my movie it's um well and she also has she sort of has her meet cute with uh sean patrick uh, flannery at the at the farmer's market because the i'm so glad that you knew his name because i couldn't tell you the character's name or that actor's name uh the character's name is mike it's not jonathan because that's um BFF? that's the other guy her bff yeah, no, Jonathan, oh, no, Jonathan is, the name um, of the restaurant, is played by which is Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker is Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, that is the stupidest restaurant name of all time. Did I write down? His name is presumably something, but he's Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, famous for being in uh, the Boondock Saints. Oh. The Boondock Saints, along with... I, I mentioned this movie like three days ago, um, because before I realized he was in this, because we were talking about movies that are uh, boys' dorm room uh, classics. And Fight Club. The Boondocks. Yeah, Fight Club, The Boondock Saints. The Big Lebowski yeah. was the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, those are all uh, movies that I at least watched in a, in a boys' dorm room. And they probably had the poster just slapped on the wall too, huh? The poster on the wall. Yeah, and like, hey, you got to watch this movie. Come yeah. watch this, this movie. Is, yeah. This is the God's gift to cinema. Like the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> That's a quote from Barbie. I mean, I think. I mean, I think The Godfather's a, a good movie, and I don't think any of those other movies are good movies. Well, I, I, Fight Club's probably a good movie too, but that's not. That's a that's whole a different whole story. Different we can talk worms. about like you know the reason people like those people like Fight Club is not the reason that Fight Club is yeah. a good movie, and that's like you know everyone talks about that on the internet yeah. all the time. That's not just that's Google nothing. Fight Club. Good. We're not breaking any new ground there. <laughs> Fight Club. Good yeah. question mark. So, anyways, so she said. <laughs> The Boondock Saints has zero positive attributes. <laughs> There's no reason anybody should watch that movie. Uh, so anyway, so she she has her meet cute with Tom. His name is Tom. It, generic white guy Tom, who is fancy. And mm-hmm. the crab, there's a crab from this crazy man's basket of crabs that runs away. And her line. What? One of them is a puppet. Some of them are crabs. And one of them is distinctly a puppet. Guess which yeah. one does not get murdered. <laughs> 
<laughs> the puppet. Yeah, she like instantly makes him the mascot. Like she puts him on the shelf and like she presumably kills all the other crabs and eats them because the first thing she makes is crab. The first yeah. thing is because she's just like, I'm going to make crab Napoleon, which is her whole spiel yeah. in this conversation, this little meet cute with Tom. She Her first sentence to Tom, I believe, which is Charlie's one of Charlie's favorite lines in the movie, which is, I'm so sorry, but something's going up your pants. <laughs> it's a crab. Yeah, it's a crab. So she's finding out that the restaurant's going under and she's real sad about it. She's got this really fun best friend who I cannot remember his name. The actor's name is Lawrence Gilliard Jr. And he's from The Wire. So that's what I know him from. He's DeAndre in The Wire and he's a great actor. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say anyone but like maybe like three characters. I know their names. Everybody else don't know their names. Nor do you need to. You find out that Tom works is opening, helping to open this like great new restaurant called Jonathan's in Henry. In Henri Bendel. Henri Bendel. Which is so weird that it's a real store. Like, yeah. In in any other movie, it would be like, you know, uh, a fake department store. You know, it would be like. Like Tracy's, you know, yeah. or like um, in, um, in Elf, you know, they use they use gimbals, which was yeah. like a, a defunct department store that no longer existed. But in the world of Elf, it still did. Yeah. But this is this is like super like Bergdorf Goodman, you know, yeah. level like super um, nice. like super fancy department store, like Park Avenue, like right mm-hmm. by Tiffany's is yeah. where that place was. Yeah. I think I think I don't think it's there anymore, but that's it's it's so weird that it's a real place. Exactly. And they're opening this amazing world-class new restaurant again called Jonathan's. The stupidest yeah. name. <laughs> after after Jonathan Bendel, who again is played by Dylan Baker and is like <laughs> But he's he's the fictional grandson of Henri Bendel, like the man who founded yeah. the the like luxury handbag label. It's but so he, like, weird. Talks so much shit about him too. Eh, we'll get into it. So yeah, yeah, you 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 find out that he's this guy and that he is really into graphs with his love life. He never goes on more than three dates, and he has just had his third date with Amanda Pete. And Amanda Pete is combining their schedules, and he's like, "This is why I don't do a fourth date." Mm-hmm. Doy, and you also meet his amazing assistant, played by the fantastic Patricia Clarkson. Um, I don't believe is- she's his assistant. I think what? that she's. I think that she's like. I think that I'm pretty sure that she she's not necessarily his boss, but she's his coworker because she's like the head buyer for the department store. Really. The way that she was, I think so. Like interacting with him, I was like, "Oh, obviously, assistant, assistant." I don't think it's. I don't think she's his assistant. I think she's like a. She's like a got a a much higher end job at that store. Ah, well, anyways, I his could peer. be wrong, but that's the vibe that I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's peer. like his best friend. Yeah, which is nice. Which is so yeah. nice. They've got a really cool. We love like, to see uh, uh, a a lady best friend, especially like and uh, you know. Um, a lady who's not, you know, 19 yeah. uh, as the uh, as the especially for the male best friend in a rom com. Yeah. 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 And it's Patricia Clarkson, who's amazing. Yeah. And she's got a huge boner for Jonathan. For Dylan Baker. And like yes. their B plot is so weird. <laughs> uh, Dylan Baker, if you don't know, has been he's a character actor. He's in a million movies. Um, he's in. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played uh, he played JFK in that um, in Thirteen Days, the the movie about the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, he's in the Spider Man movies. He's in tons of stuff. He plays a pedophile in um, uh, Happiness, which is definitely not a movie we'll be doing on this podcast. Nope. He he was he's in uh, he plays a serial killer in Trick or Treat. Oh yes, he also. Oh my God! Also, my favorite Dylan Baker role is he plays a serial killer, uh, like a wife murderer in uh, The Good Wife, in about like oh. twelve episodes of The Good Wife over the course of the series. Yeah, Katie loves The Good Wife. I love The Good Wife. It's a great a show. I know. Maybe we'll do a spinoff podcast of an episode by episode recap of The Good Wife. The yeah. Good Wife and the OC, and we'll call it <laughs> The Good Wife by the Sea. Yeah, well, well, we, we alternate. Yeah, even episodes are about the OC, and odd episodes are about the Good Wife. That won't be confusing. I think at all. that that'll be a really nice in introspective <laughs> podcast into the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, it was a different it's time. Totally different. So you find, <laughs> so you find out all that fun stuff about uh, Tom, and then you we cut back to Sarah Michelle Gellar. We meet all of her like. New normals, normals, regulars at the restaurant. <laughs> it's usually what they the call normals. that. Yeah. Well, the thing that to know about her is that she's, she's not, not a, a good cook. cook. Like she sucks, she's bad. Which is why the restaurant being a chef. Under. Her mom was a great chef, and like all of these people, they come to the restaurant because they like her, but her food sucks. <laughs> food sucks so and hard. this time, the crab gives her magic cooking powers. Yep. It seems. Well, I mean, like the thing that I wrote down is like she says. And I think this is what happens. Like she says, she wants to be able to make food that give people euphoria, mm-hmm. right? They, she wants them to have like a euphoric moment when they're eating. And that's basically what Would happens. Would you say that she does that or the crab does that? Well, I'm saying, no, no she, she says that out loud, but the crab gives her the, the magic. And then it's like, it's weird because by the end, it doesn't really, it seems like they even say the thing. It's like you know, Dumbo. You had the you. the feather didn't let you fly all the time. But no, the crab definitely did give her magic powers. Yeah. But no, but then it, her tears give magic powers, yeah. and they're floating. It's weird. So like this movie was marketed as like she's a witch who's a cook, and he's a boy who doesn't understand. Which like that sounds like a movie I would want to see. Like we were just talking about like a witch rom com book that we were reading. Yeah, sign me all the way up for a witchy rom com. Yeah. This is not what that is. Oh, I love a good witchy rom This is so no. underbaked. And at one point, he even goes down that like that journey. He's just like, you're a witch. You're a witch. He goes, witch, witch, you're a bitch. And that's their big conflict. I don't think he actually says After- that, but, you know, he basically does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He, like, freaks out on her, and everyone else is like, dude, chill. Because this whole time, once she gets these magical powers... She is basically either her or the crab, we can't be sure which, is drugging people. That's basically people what it is. People want to make out. Yeah. They want to make out when they eat her eclairs. They want to cry with joy, but like happy cry yeah. when they eat her her soup or whatever it is. And that's that's the big pot. And then her and Tom he eats her crab and <laughs> he's like, Wow, I'm in love. And they they basically get together, and then he somehow has some sort of come to Jesus where it's like she's a witch. What? And everyone's like, "Chill out. These drugs are it great." Doesn't, none of it makes any sense. And yeah. then the fancy French 
chef who is supposed to be running Jonathan's, his knives got lost by TSA. (laughs) So he can't, he refuses to Mm -hmm. cook. So they try giving him new knives and he throws them in a fit of fury at. He attempts to murder Tom. Yeah. During a work day. And, and Amanda just happens to be there. So uh, Jonathan is like, oh, this is the cook that made those eclairs that made me basically come in my mouth. Yes, please come <laughs> and take over this restaurant. I don't think that he almost came in his <laughs> mouth. That's not how I would describe it. Because that's a very different thing. That's a very specific, different thing. He basically had an orgasm eating some caramel eclairs. Yeah. So then Tom, for some reason, again, comes to Jesus and realizes that he really does love Amanda, regardless of her weird witchy status and all the weird ass dates they've been on. And they get together, the crab and the sous chef, who's a dick. They share a really nice moment eating dessert at the end. (laughs) Food in the crab's mouth. So weird. So weird. End of film. It's deranged. Yeah. That's like, all you need like, to know about this movie. The thing that's... It's not good. Um, Primarily for like the main... The same reason that Failure to Launch isn't good is because they don't have any nope. chemistry. Because, I mean, she's basically yeah. a child. And he's like 40 years old. And not to say, and I'm not going to say that, like, you know, you, there can't be, like, a 20-year age gap in a in a, yeah. in a romance or something. Like, as long as you're adults, I think that's fine. And like that's you can certainly have chemistry with somebody who's 20 years older than you. But these two it's do so not. Forced. It's so forced. It's so, it's so awkward. And, like, How? I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is a, is a really good actor in other things. Um, yeah. Like, I'm a huge Buffy fan. And I think that she is, you Love know, that. I think she, she, she has like good performances in her, but like, so often, and especially when she was like, so young, like, she just wasn't given the opportunity to do mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. And like, yeah, she's really underused here. And it's a lot of it is hard to watch, especially like the first like, 25 minutes of this yeah. movie are like, so inept, like, the script is bad. It's, it's like so clunky. Bad. Like it's jokes so and it's so it looks really low rent too. Like yeah. it's and it's kind they of like this guy is not a director. Budget. They spent their entire budget on getting all of Henry Bar- Bendel's. Yeah, yeah. That is that it's, is what um, they spent and like fog machines and a and a puppet frog. Sure. Or, there's fog sorry, machines. Crap. We should say that like um yeah, so like there's I think there's a couple of like things that, that there's a couple of scenes that work. I think that the second meet cute when they he when she's at the department store picking out the plates, like yes. that whole sequence is kind of cute. It's There's really any, like, cute. you know, he throws the paper airplane. I think that works. Yeah, but, also Tom's like, really keeps... into paper airplanes. Yeah, which is like, I mean, I guess it plays pays off at the end, but it's just dumb. I mean, like, he his character is so like barely sketched out. Like yeah. he's supposed to be this guy who's like too obsessed with his work to like have a love life or something, and he like yeah. he he creates all these like spreadsheets and like schedules and everything. Charles. And he realizes that these, he like does projections on why these things aren't going to work. But all of that is only, there's only really like in the first scene and it's like mentioned later where they really kind of get into that. But mostly yeah. anytime he's with her, he's like so obviously in love with her that it doesn't really make sense 
um, for it to be like the conflict at the well, end, because that's the idea that he yeah. like this woman is like, like ruining his idea of what he thought his life was supposed to be like. And that's why he's scared to like commit to her, which is like, you know, a huge cliche in rom-coms. It's like yeah. the most common like male hurdle in in rom-coms for sure. And it's just so boring especially that, in this movie i think the actor had two choices which was to lean into that original idea of what tom is and be like super like charts 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 or really lean into the fact that that crab is just drugging the bejesus out of him and be super drugged yeah. in love with sarah michelle geller and he went with the second one he every single scene he's like what Oh my god it's so it's like it's pretty cringe it's a lot of it is hard to watch i mean like i think amanda pete is fantastic like yeah. i love amanda pete and this is like really early amanda pete mm -hmm. too like i think she was on a sitcom at this point like that didn't that wasn't even successful um and uh and she's got like a fun scene where like she eats whatever was made for her like chicken pie or yeah. something like that and she just starts telling the truth about how he's not good enough for her and how great her boobs are. And like, that's fun. And then she's like gone. Yeah. Like, it's really just like, she has one scene, really. She's got, it's a cameo basically <laughs> because there's nothing keeping them apart. No, I like, except for his hate for witches, which is like, I don't know, maybe there's another version of this film where he's like, <laughs> uh, like descended from witch hunters or something, but that's way too interesting for this movie. Like, right. and there's nothing, there's nothing like, like her mom was a witch and like Christopher Durang, like had to awaken this in her. Nothing. They don't go into mythology right. at all. And like, I guess you could, they, what they're trying to do, I think, is that like the, the love like takes control of your brain and like makes you like believe in magic. I think that's the kind of metaphor that they're aiming for, yeah. but it just, it's so not present throughout most of the movie. It's so messy. It's, um, yeah. Despite the crab being weird enough for me to be into it, like, it's like a movie with like a big star in it. I mean, like big star. I mean, like she was on a TV yeah. show, but like she was like Buffy was huge at the time. I mean, like both of us were too young to really remember. Yeah. Like I didn't see this in the theater. Did you? No. no, I, no, no, um, no. I mean, it was rated PG-13. This was like I was being babysat yeah. and my parents needed a movie to occupy yeah, our yeah, time. Yeah. So you, oh, wait, wait, we didn't do that. So how, did you see when, when? What's your history on this movie, Emma? Oh, yes. My history with this movie. I remember seeing this movie. I remember seeing it. Uh, as something I rented from probably Blockbuster yeah. on like a Friday night because I needed, we needed a, a movie to watch and we, my mom loves Buffy. My mom, I love Buffy because, you know, my mom introduced me to Buffy and we were living in Connecticut, I want to say, and I was, I got really into movies when we lived in Connecticut. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the same thing, basically. Like, I loved Buffy mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Like, I got into Buffy and, like, would had, had the DVD. Like, not when it was airing, but when I when I would watch Buffy. I got into Buffy on DVD kind of randomly. Like, it was, um, I mean, I knew exactly how it was. It was New Year's. And one of the TV stations was doing, like, a marathon of, like, the first season of Buffy. And so I started watching that and I'm like, oh, I really love this. And so I went to Target and I bought the DVD of the first season like that day. And I was like, you know, yeah. 16 years old or something. And um, mm -hmm. and yeah, so when I was into I, I rented it because I I liked, you know, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. 
Yeah. We didn't rent this movie because Christopher Durang or, or Betty Buckley. Or Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> Who, by the way, is like nothing. He's like a he's he's a he's a nothing on screen. Yeah. Like he's not he's nothing. hot. I don't think he's hot. Do you think he's hot? No. Yeah, and he has like he's not charming or interesting or like the another problem. So like here's like another like rule. Like we're gonna we're gonna develop like Katie and Emma's rules of rom coms in this over rules the course of, of this rom-coms. podcast. Insert graphic here. Rule number one is like they ha- the leads have to have chemistry. Like it's something that's so it's so ephemeral and it's so hard to like um you know see sometimes in uh especially if you're casting this this movie when you're just trying to get like names in it you know like something like yeah. Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker like at that time those were names that should have made that movie work but unfortunately like yeah. in the casting process like i they they didn't do enough chemistry reads with the actors you know like yeah. just didn't it work can make or break a film yeah and same thing here because uh, the opposite can totally be true as well i think that there are plenty of rom-coms that are terrible writing terrible you know cinematography oh, but absolutely. if the two main actors have chemistry yeah then it's watchable and you fall in love with it regardless uh-huh. because you're watching a rom-com i mean for the most part for the romantic aspect of it with some like fun comedies like there's a reason why you you choose Simply irresistible over Carol. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Why would anyone choose simply irresistible <laughs> over Carol? Because Carol is a masterpiece. <laughs> Have you seen Carol, Emma? I actually haven't. It's on oh my, list, my but god! It's a Christmas movie, so it it only comes around. I can, I only have a window every year that I can watch it, and every year I'm like, oh, that sounds depressing. It's not depressing. It's not. Really? Doesn't do, she get her kids taken away? Do you want me to? Do you want me to? I mean, do you want me to ruin the movie for you? I mean, I won't really ruin the movie for you. Like, no, don't ruin the movie for me. Okay. Because I'm gonna watch it this okay. Christmas. Okay. You. It is. You should watch it. It's okay. It's a fucking amazing movie, and it's not. It's not okay. as sad as you think it is. Okay. I'll okay. say that. I'll watch it. I'll. I'll tell you. Can we take a minute to talk about the the crab's journey? yes hold on wait wait i had another rule i had another rule so the other the rule like that that's that's interesting that like in the script so like actor chemistry is one thing but also in the script like the way the movie is written you have to know why these characters like each other basic 101 you know like it's not just there has to be a reason outside of like just physical attraction which can be very important and is also you know something that has to be like believable but why does this character like this character at and this it's moment so mushy. why does this other character like this character it's at this so moment? mushy in this movie yeah. i can under we understand why he likes her because she like changed his life with this like magic Crab food drugged him. and you know she's beautiful Drugs. you know she's sarah michelle yeah. geller that's a that's secondary on a basic writing writing level there's you know there's there, there's ecstasy in the in the food basically <laughs> you know but why does she why does she like him? There's no reason. Like she is this very I mean they're very different like I mean they're dressed she's got this like Todd Oldham wardrobe too and she's supposed to be like downtown like they say uh, her restaurants yeah. in Tribeca which like was a very different neighborhood in 1999 <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But like she's supposed to be this like trendy downtown person who wears like, you know, uh, mismatched clothes that are still like super stylish yeah. and like they they make comments about it and he's wearing a blue suit in every he's in every business, scene and business, stuff. Business. But like so why 
what is, what is attractive to to her about him? And there's no answer. There's nothing. The magic crab. Yeah, but she doesn't. It doesn't work on her. The magic doesn't work on her. I don't know. The magic she doesn't crab even eat. led her to him. I know you never see her eating this. You never see you see everybody else eat. Oh God! Except for Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, because she says she doesn't even taste it. Which is like, I mean, I've watched a lot of Top Chef, and like rule number one is taste your own food. God, come on. <laughs> Get it together, Sarah like, Michelle Geller. You know, I'm I like I'm I'm a decent cook, but like, you know, anytime you watch a reality show, you're like the, you're like calling it out. It's like, didn't taste it. You know, like <laughs> if I were making this complicated risotto, I would have done so much better than one of the best chefs in the country. <laughs> also, also, I have never seen I mean, like, I've worked in a restaurant. I think you've worked in a restaurant yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I was a server from age sixteen to like twenty three. Never seen a less realistic depiction of restaurant work, right? In my life, just like, oh no! <laughs> I guess if we get busy, this will be fine. And then all of a sudden, it's her. There's it's her and her sous chef in the in the small restaurant, yeah. and like, and there are more people, the but servers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bonkers. And then like, even in the fancy restaurant, there's like, it's just very calm atmosphere. No one is moving <laughs> no. faster than a slow walk. And like, absolutely, not, she appears no. to be preparing all of the dishes herself and all the other chefs Makes are doing no God sense. knows what. It's yeah, and all the food looks like shit. Like, it looks terrible. Nothing and it's least like, appetizing. It's all like weirdly colored. Like it's all like pinks yeah. and greens and like it's like um it's like in uh Hook where they're um yes. they have the food fight that scene in Hook. It looked edible. It did. That food looked really good. My favorite is that the dessert, this big like dessert, because she always talks about how dessert it's the point of the meal, which no, it's not. It's it's in addition to the meal. It, it's not the point but I digress. So the big dessert of the like big restaurant tryout night that she's in charge of, they literally make an apple and they put it on some caramel. Oh, it's, it's a peach, I and believe. Some other shit. It's an apple. Is it really? Because she says it's a peach. It's an apple. Does she? Because it looks like an apple. It doesn't matter. Maybe it. Maybe it's an apple. And maybe maybe the peach thing was something else from a different scene. But um, because I wrote, I because like I believe you. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's fine. And, and then people cut into this apple, and uh, I don't know, or peach, and there's just fog fills the room. Yeah. Nothing says I feel safe like when my food fills a room with fog yeah um it's uh yeah it's 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 insane <laughs> like the climax of the movie is set in this oh and there's another oh so another thing that i like is i liked the uh unrealistic the dance scene thing that they do which they do twice yeah, there's a lot a lot of fred yeah there's a lot of fred astaire yeah. uh imagery that's put into this movie that was on purpose because the restaurant looks like a musical set piece from like they even say a movie that from, and they even they, they call it out yeah this looks yeah. like an mgm musical yeah like an american exactly. in paris or yeah. uh, singing in the rain or something yeah and all of that was for one s scene where both amanda and tom are like maybe hallucinating and they do a dance <laughs> yeah <laughs> so all of that setup <laughs> was for this one bizarre scene that nobody else experiences except for Amanda and Tom. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because there's a couple of those moments. So, like, there's that scene. Mm -hmm. There's the scene where they have the fog, where they 
have a- sex on the floor of the kitchen of a restaurant, which I have to say. Uh, uh, Katie. Yes. <laughs> they only kiss. Mm, okay. I know. It seems like they do more under that fog. But the next day he says, and when we kiss. Well, yeah, but I mean, like. They did kiss. They kissed also. <laughs> they but like, okay. They, they, Aesthetically, they like they, just was, like from the visual did. language of film, we get that they had sex on the floor of the kitchen of a, pro- of a professional restaurant, which like I can think <laughs> one of the last places <laughs> I ever want to have sex is on the floor of the kitchen. Do you want to get of hepatitis? A professional restaurant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> not even a good professional restaurant that like probably follows health codes and shit like this is a rinky dink mom and pop shop that has three employees and they don't clean it because the next scene is like her sous chef is like is like i see you didn't clean the kitchen last night i'm like after y'all fucked you didn't clean the kitchen (laughs) that's that's basically of a restaurant if you fuck on the floor (laughs) Yeah, it's also, like, the whole movie's weirdly tame. Like, it's rated PG-13, and I don't even know why. Yeah. Like, it could easily have been rated PG, I think. Because uh, they allude to sex. Especially if, like, we're supposed to believe them that they only kissed. It's definitely, like, hands. I mean, it's weird. Ratings, ratings are, are weird. weird. Yeah, because they, I mean, I was waiting for a, a segment about about the name of the use of the word fuck, but they never say fuck. So let's get to what the people want. What do the people want? Let's get to the timeline of the crab. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So sorry. We derailed. That's okay. No, I just, I want to make sure that the people get this very important content about this no-name crab puppet, which, if we're going to include the crab, I have so many thoughts on the crab. If we're going to include the crab, give it a name. Give yeah. it a name. What? If you're going to treat it like a pet, just randomly, that's never addressed, because it creeps out of the basket and so you assume that it's just hiding and then it hi it's hiding under like some some lettuce and stuff and then she goes oh look it's a little crab salad <laughs> also like if there's any animal that you don't want to have first of all like basic cleanly <laughs> kitchen cleanliness no animals in a food service space i mean that's very illegal like listen I, I, I've, I've worked in food service and you have to take like a pretty intense test. It's like an eight hour test to work in like food service (laughs) management. And like at least a third of it is about seafood and crabs and stuff. And it's like, you, you don't want that shit in the kitchen as much as possible. It's all about mitigating how little time you want crabs or oysters in your kitchen. And this movie, spent, they put a crab in the kitchen. I actually all just the time. learned today. So, um, my dinner, I had dinner right before this, and I live in my parents' basement, which, by the way, was Caesar's, humble brag. Humble brag. Which was Caesar salad with a crab cake on top. And I didn't realize until I was like Gross. done with it. And I was like, oh, this is so perfect that I'm eating crabs before i go <laughs> talk about a crab that is perfect i yeah, also yeah. learned this that- movie that's heavy on crab <laughs> this movie more than you'd yeah. think you know we talk about who is the third character in a rom-com and you know we have our two leads and the crab the oh, crab definitely. the crab honestly i think might overshadow might eclipse tom and amanda <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm more interested in what that crab is up to yeah 
Oh, absolutely. Anytime the crab's not on screen, you're thinking, where's the crab? Where's the crab? Exactly. The entire time. Where's the crab? Uh, I found out my grandfather got uh, hepatitis from eating raw oysters in Spain. In Spain? Oh. In 1950 Spain. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I love oysters. Uh, I just did a real quick Google on the poster for Simply Irresistible. Yeah, and there's the one that I remember, yes. the, the DVD box that I rented when I was a yes. kid, for sure, which is just like this moody, purple, big picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar, like looking at you. Yes. And then the two of them dancing under a moon. That's the one that I yes. remember. There's also what looks like the original poster, which is him like holding her face. Uh, weirdly, with the New York skyline, Simply Irresistible. And then there's like the current DVD poster, which is the two of them like smiling and then a cupcake with a heart. And no crab. Where's the crab? On the cover of any of I need the crab. The crab needs to be on the poster because you are not prepared for how deranged this movie is. You're not prepared for crab. So much crab. Like crab ahead. And I will repeat this. One of my favorite crab moments from this movie is the scene where the sous chef is feeding it caramel at the end, right before the credits. That's the last we see yes. of the crab. And he goes, you got to you got to taste this, my friend. <laughs> and I watch everything with the captions on. And so the crab apparently makes like a little, <laughs> you know, crabby noise. And the caption goes, the caption says in, in brackets, tastes. <laughs> As, as he puts his finger to the crab's horrible little mouth parts, the caption reads, taste, taste. the crab, the crab <laughs> tastes it. I, why crabs? Like, I have no, I have no fucking clue. Like, what was yep. going through their heads at this? I mean, because, like, I appreciate, like, a weird little thing that happens in a movie. But, like, we were talking about this in the, in, in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Just the tonal shift that required for, like, the, the cartoonishness that's introduced in this is it's just it's so at odds with the rest of the movie i mean like i think you can have like a cartoonish fun like silly rom-com but like it has to be consistent throughout the whole movie you can't just pepper it in whenever things don't work in your script which i think is what a lot of these bad rom-coms i think that's sort of the one two hit of what makes a rom-com not work is the lack of chemistry like we've talked about and the uh, leaning on the cartoonishness, the calm, if you will, uh, to mm-hmm. make sort of impossible things happen, literally jumping the shark. And that can yeah, it's, um, it, it's not tied. The comedy in both of these, these bad movies we've, we've watched back to back. The comedy comes from an outside yes. element. That's not tied really to the characters that we care about. And I mean, we don't care about these characters because they're not. And good. they both have to do with and animals. They both have to do with weirdly animal heavy uh, two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just realized why the movie is rated PG 13 and not PG. Oh. The entire belt buckle conversation that she has. Oh, with her, yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. About so- men thinking about sex. Yeah. Which is like so 90s, like men think about sex, like what, what do you say? Like every four minutes. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And whenever they think about sex, they adjust their belt buckle every four minutes. Sarah Michelle goes, we've been talking for 20 minutes. 
I know. And like, that's what I thought. Like, yeah. okay, that was pretty good. Because then she goes, she goes like, I mean, he goes, well, how often do you think about sex? And she goes, well, a good sexual thought takes at least 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, All right. Okay. Get it. You got me movie. You, yeah. one of the things that works there. <laughs> yeah. Another super cartoonish moment, which I probably, if I had not seen the menu, would have thought was more cartoonish. But I don't know if you remember this. The scene where you're first looking in on the French chef, like one of the introductional scenes, and you see him with all of his little sous chef and kitchen workers, and he's giving them a truffle communion. Oh, God. A truffle communion. They're holding out their little hands, and he's shaving the truffles into their hands. That could be on the bear. I mean... That would be extreme uh, for for the bear. Uh, I mean, it would be it would be descriptive of a bad chef, and I guess it is. I mean, he guess he's he's supposed to be like an asshole, like a bad chef. Um, so yeah. I mean, I guess it, it yeah. is played for comedy, but yeah, it's absurd. Um, another thing I have a star here: the music in this movie is terrible. Oh my god, terrible! It's all light FM. Sponsored yeah, by 90s yeah, it's, Light FM. It's like the music is so terrible. It's like so bad. light saxophones. Oh. And like, it's just, it sounds like it was, um, it was, you know, just ripped from something else. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, department store hold music yeah. that they just imported into this. Or a 90s perfume commercial. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which go, fits in well with mm-hmm. the fog. But the, um, and then the yeah. needle drops are songs <laughs> no one has ever heard before. The the needle drops are like <laughs> uh, like friends of theirs, you know, that were unsuccessful, you know, uh, playing in coffee shops in the East Village. Like, hey, play this. Followed by and like the mo the again like the ending of this movie. We we have the two of them. They're dancing. It's fine. We cut to the 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 sous they're chef floating. being like, "Yeah, my friend, try this taste de caramel to the crab <laughs> mouth parts." Tastes, tastes the two of them like kiss or whatever and it does like it does the 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 circle zoom like close whatever that's called yeah you know what i mean like in old like silent yeah. movies the yeah, yeah yeah and then a yeah a rap version a female uh singer <laughs> rap version of bewitched bothered and bewildered from pal joey i forgot the about that credits which that oh, is a choice with like record scratches and stuff. It's certainly a choice. If, if I could uh, throw in quickly one last bit about the crab, which is I'm going to use it as a transition to do Charlie's Corner, which is thoughts my husband. Charlie's Corner. Charlie has about this rom-com. So Charlie at one point, because we were watching this on the plane, we were both watching it simultaneously he wrote on my notes because we didn't want to be rude what he thought was going to happen and i honestly think it might have made a better Mm. movie he goes they will accidentally kill the crab (laughs) (gasps) no he was what he thought was going to happen was that the big dinner was going to happen she was going to have to sacrifice the crab because she didn't have anything else to make as like the big like dish so she would have to sacrifice the crab for the sake of her reputation okay that's interesting because like i can see like you know like a screenwriting like 101 kind of thing it's like you've got to raise the stakes so like we got to lose the crab because i mean i thought maybe she would forget to bring the crab you know to the new restaurant but like and like she has to 
she has to do it on her own, yeah. right? You know, she has to learn. She's learned how to cook yep. and she can't rely on the magic of the crab anymore. But this movie is not interesting. No, in it makes, it does do the, she left something at home and she thinks that that's what made her a good cook. But that is something that you did not realize she had been wearing every time that she was cooking, which is her mother's earrings. Apparently she thinks that's what's Yeah, magic. they make a thing about it. Yeah. They bring it up But twice. it's not. It's the crab. It's magic. the crab. Like, she's not even, she doesn't even know it's the crab. Like, but she's. Maybe the crab is brainwashing her she just because she's this, bringing the crab everywhere. She just thought this this horrible little, little uh, listeria monster. She's carting around every kitchen in New York. Do you do you, do you think that the crab is a metaphor for her dead mother or for uh, love? I mean, it's got to be like I mean, who is Christopher Durang? <laughs> like, is he? He's, the crab? Is he, he's like this puck like yeah. like creature. <laughs> <laughs> who exists on the fringes of this movie, who shows up repeatedly. Like, he gives her the crab. He brings Tom to her restaurant, yep. like, even though he didn't want to go there. Yep. Like, he's setting them up also. And then he's at the end, when they're dancing, he's, like, conducting what? the band. Um, And it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't, it doesn't no. connect back. There's no, they're not interested in, like, the magic in this movie, yeah, in no. the mythology. It's like, here you go. Bada bing, bada boom. But there is like literal magic. I mean, like they float when they when they're like kissing in the kitchen, and then like yeah. he can't get down, you know. So it's like it, that part doesn't seem like it's a hallucination. <laughs> no, that part's not a in a hallucination because that that's what so spurs weird. his. It's so weird. You're a witch. Yeah, yeah. So other thoughts that Charlie had were I, I noted places that he laughed out loud uh-huh. one was the line au revoir dickhead which is what the the french chef says to him yeah, yeah. the other was where i mugged a 75 year old woman for this yeah because he's so obsessed with uh, uh claire's that he takes them from one of her friends yes. who's at his department <laughs> store and lastly i like you lois you're like a man you think with your nuts yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what that makes Jonathan sense. says to lois lois is uh lois is uh, patricia clarkson yeah <laughs> he did not enjoy this film next i will have to next time i didn't this time i mean did you i didn't i, I was gonna well i was gonna say I was, I'm, I'm gonna get a rating from him next time I'm just going to guess okay. what his rating for this movie is. And I'm going to guess <laughs> that it's like a two. A two out of ten or five? Two out of ten. Two out yeah. of ten. Okay. Yeah. Two, two, two crab legs out of ten total crab legs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is the crab. So the crab is the, th- the crab is the third character in this movie. Is the crab also the white sweater? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to go with yes. I don't feel like anything is iconic enough in uh, this the movie crab. to really warrant white sweater. <laughs> but you don't know about the crab. People who haven't seen this movie don't know it's primarily about a crab. The only other option I could say is fog or the moon. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They have both of those things. Um, we have our Go Get Your Girl speech. Yes, we do. Which is ta- from, um, the, uh, from the sous chef, who we don't remember the name of, but played... By um, Lawrence Gilliard Jr. Uh, he gives it to Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. uh, saying that she needs to go get her girl, which in this case is Tom. Yes. Uh, and the the thing that which I think I kind of like the sentiment of this. It's just not. It doesn't follow through with the movie. He says you need to convince him that being in love is better than falling in love. Aww. Which like 
again, that could be a movie. Yeah. But this movie is not is not that movie. They fucked it up with it has crab nothing to and do magic. With that. <laughs> yeah. Um and much like much like in Failure to Launch, like Kathy Bates talking about, you know, what if he doesn't like yeah. me? Like that would be a good movie. Yeah. Um being in love is better than falling in love would be a good movie, that's, but that's not what this movie's about really, at all. That's a nice sort of sentiment. Now, is there a yeah. go get your crab speech? <laughs> no, she doesn't need it. She brings she brings him with her all the time. <laughs> she doesn't need to go get your crab speech. She kept her crab. She doesn't need to go get him. She's got him. So, so good. I didn't mean to assume the gender of the crab. I we don't, we know. don't know what. It could be a a boy crab, a girl crab, a non-gendered crab, uh, all the genders. I mean, I don't know how you sex a crab anyway. I don't know how crabs, do they come from eggs? Uh, Do they get flipped out? Yeah, (laughs) probably. I don't think anything gets pooped out, really. (laughs) Oh, babies are born, right? Uh, both of us are childless. We should say to the uh, the listeners at home, but uh, I did say that I thought that Sarah Michelle Gellar could literally act out the movie The Room, and it would be Oscar worthy. She took some amazingly bad writing and made some solid choices as an actor in my opinion it was very believable it was very natural it was good she's good she's always good i mean Mm -hmm. she's a very underrated actor um it's just she has been given very little opportunity to to do that especially in in films you know and like yeah which is i'd love to see i would love to see like you know some like major filmmaker like give sarah michelle geller a chance in uh in a movie like playing you know i don't know like like in an act in like an action movie or something like uh like charlie's theron in atomic blonde you know but like sarah michelle yeah because like we know she can do that so let's give her more jobs yeah i mean or maybe she doesn't want to you know like she's she's got like a happy life it seems like she and freddie prince jr are still going strong and like i love them they really they really seem to have it figured out you know they're an iconic couple and they're one that has stood the test of time knock on wood that we don't wake up tomorrow and see that they're divorcing i hope not but they just are so it's they're one of those celebrity couples that you just go oh oh yeah i love them them. i love love i love love that's why we did this podcast (laughs) exactly do you have any other thoughts on uh simply irresistible i think that's it like the things i've got underlined are like why does she like him he sucks magic crab (laughs) he sucks yeah boys got crab crab. i mean girls got one crab in crazy boy he's got crabs christopher durang's got girls got crab (laughs) christopher durang's got crabs yeah yeah let's get sued by christopher durang that'll be fun he does not have crabs that was a joke i mean in this movie he literally has crabs <laughs> i think that's also for 52 dollars. yeah that's also what basically everything that i have to say which is my thoughts in a nutshell sarah michelle geller yeah. deserves an oscar not for this no. we needed more crab backstory yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, what we're saying is we wanted more crab. More crab. I I was just so disappointed that we didn't get uh-huh. the crab a name. Yeah. The crab deserved a name. I think we should give him a name right now. Uh, in yeah. uh, in honor of uh, of our, you know that crab <laughs> puppet is like wasting away in like a, a studio warehouse. In, like, I want it. Century if City. Anybody or knows something. where yeah. it is. Oh, I want that crab puppet. Yeah. If any, who released this movie? Fox. I don't know. Somebody. Uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. So if somebody, if Warner anybody Brothers. works in the props department at Warner Brothers and can get us a lead on the crab puppet, yeah, let us know. We'll pay right? up to forty dollars for the crab puppet. I would say. <laughs> No more, no less. Maybe less. Yeah, definitely less. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do we think we should name the crab? What, what, what are we calling the crab? Oh, can we name him Carmel? Carmel. Ooh, exotic. Carmel the crab. Carmel the crab. Yeah. Carmel. Oh, sure. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I don't know if that's good for crabs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about crabs. I don't think that crabs can eat human food. I'm pretty sure it would kill them. Is that what happens to the crab after this movie? Does the crab go home and die? <laughs> no, the crab is magic, Emma. He can't die. I don't think crabs can live outside job. of the water it's... for that long anyway. So we like... don't see the crab in the water. I'll tell you that much. We don't yeah. see the crab anywhere in near water or in water. Presumably he's eating all the roaches and other horrible infestations that kitchen's got. <laughs> so gross. They would fail their Are crabs, do crabs eat meat? I don't know. I don't. Do they? No, crabs eat meat because crabs ate Amelia Earhart. Yeah. So, how do you yeah. know crabs ate Amelia Earhart? How do you know? She's giving me a face. That's the theory. So like. One day, you know, I haven't, haven't you ever like gone into a deep dive about what happened to Amelia Earhart before? Well, everyone knows what happened to her. She flew into the Bermuda Triangle and now she's in a different time. Oh, right, right, right. But in it, but, but also she probably crashed on this island where she was eaten by giant crabs. <laughs> Poor Amelia Earhart, RIP. Yeah, RIP. Poor one out to a real one, Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Unlike the Good director of When Harry Met Sally, who's very much alive. Correct. Yes. Rob Reiner, alive. Amelia Earhart, dead. Dead. Christopher Durang, <laughs> I think alive. I'm not going to Google it. I believe he's, he alive. he's probably alive, but we don't he's know. He's alive. I think, I think our scale. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I was going to say, our scale our of rating scale movies. of alive to dead goes from <laughs> Rob Reiner to Amelia Earhart. I was going to say our, our rating system for the movies is from Rob Ryder to Amelia Earhart. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Rob Ryder meaning the movie is alive, and Amelia Earhart meaning the movie is dead. Dead. Where would you where would you play the places if one is Rob Reiner and ten is Amelia? Oh no, wait. One is Amelia Earhart. Ten is Rob Reiner. Um, I think around a two is good. Yeah, around a two. See, if we're putting it on that scale, I'm feeling more of like a 1.75. Sure. Oh, oh, I didn't realize we had we had decimals in the Rob Reiner to Amelia Earhart scale. Okay. Duh. Fair. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah. It's not good. Hold on, hold on. Is this movie better or worse than Failure to Launch? That's an excellent question. I would have to say that I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is a superior actor and she makes a lot more of this watchable. The crab was way yeah. more watchable than anything going on in Failure to Launch, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, I think Failure to Launch is is a is a chore 
to sit yeah, through. And this exactly. at least had like weird batshit stuff happening. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't check the clock when I was watching this movie. I checked the clock constantly when I was watching Failure to Launch. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, so um so I think that's it. Yeah. That's simply irresistible. Yeah, there you have it, folks. Also, they don't play the song simply irresistible in this this movie it's at all. Pointless. They do say the words simply irresistible, which is one of my favorite yes. things that a, when a movie says the title of the movie in the movie, it brings yeah, me. And joy. they're talking about her food, I believe. I believe Pat- Patricia Clarkson it's says simply the food is irresistible. irresistible. Oh, no, no, it's Betty Buckley who says it. Yeah. yeah. It's simply irresistible. One more time, one more take. Let's do one more. It's simply irresistible. Oh, nice. A different choice that time. Yeah. I wish that the listeners could see the the video. She's really she's really getting it. She's leaning into it leaning, with her whole head. Doing a lot yeah. of yeah. Well, I feel like a lot I, of neck acting. Neck acting. Acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I picked simply irresistible. I feel more like that was my choice. So next week is your choice. What are we watching oh, no. okay. next week? Okay, let's do let's do a good one this time. Let's do a good one. Oh man, 13 going on 30 is right there. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. All right, next week we've got 13 going on 30. So thank you so much for listening. My name's Emma Palizza, and you can visit my website, www.emmapalizza.com. You can also check me out on my socials because those are way more fun at Emily M. Pizza on Instagram, TikTok. I don't really do Twitter. Sorry. I'm sorry. X. Uh, I'm Katie Coleman. I think this is the first time we've said our last names on the podcast. Um, and you can find me on sadly Twitter at Katie of the Lake and on other things. You can also follow our, um, our podcast account at go get your girl pod. Uh, yes. You can send us emails to go get your girl pod at gmail.com or um, we've got an Instagram there. And a Twitter slide into those DMs. Don't do that. Don't slide. Yeah. I mean, yes, do that. Yeah. Send it, send us things, ask us questions. <laughs> um, we still have not released any of these episodes at the time of recording. We're creating a backlog. Um, so, yes. uh, so yeah, hopefully people will listen to this and, uh, we'll be able to, uh, to have some interaction with the audience. Fingers crossed, baby. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the crap. Is that going to become our sign-off? I hope that becomes our, yeah. Completely inscrutable <laughs> sign-off, yeah. All right, catch you on the crab, y'all. Music.